Hey, we are Tony and Sarah. We are best known as producers and educators in the dance and entertainment world. And although we've had some major success, we've also had some challenges along the way, which have included failed relationships, failed businesses, heart attacks, and even a near-death experience. Although we've gone through the hard, we still believe that fairy tales do exist, if you're willing to fight for them. So we are here to help you navigate your health, wealth, and relationships, and a little bit of Disney. By sharing what has worked for us, we can help you to keep Fighting for Your Fairy Tale. Welcome back to Fighting for Your Fairy Tale. Hello. Are we fighting for our fairy tale today? Every day. Every day. Um, before we start today's episode, I do want to make one correction from last week's episode about money. We call we named him Bill Ramsey. It's Dave Ramsey. Dave. And the minute I saw it, I was like, we totally messed that up. Mm. I don't know where we got Bill Ramsey, but we will correct ourselves. We are humble and um, will admit our mistakes, which kind of leads us into today's topic Mm -hmm. of ego. I said we were going to talk about it, and here we are. Um. It's a good and bad thing. It is. And I was going to say that I kind of wanted your opinion because when you look up the definition, it talks about self-worth and self-esteem. And I think those are both very um, good things to have. Um, but I think when people talk about ego, in the, it tends to have a negative connotation Um, Unless you're talking about like alter egos or something like that. Um, But I think it's the part of your ego where it's more of the outsider's perspective and how you want people to have a peer of your self-worth and self-esteem and stuff like that. Um, What is your, what are your thoughts on ego? I think one, getting a good understanding of what ego is for yourself because I had an ego when I started on tour and performing, but I realized it wasn't in the negative connotation. It eventually got to the negative connotation, but it didn't start that way. It was a it was a good I had good instructors and good mentors who gave me the tools and the, I don't know, gave me the tools and the confidence I needed to be able to get what I needed done. And knowing that I could do it and feeling confident that I could do it and execute it was one of the reasons why I was able to have the opportunities that I did. So to have a positive ego for its self-esteem, um, I kind of tell the kids, um, there's a difference between confidence and cockiness and confidence is about yourself and cockiness is about everybody else. And I think with ego, if it's about confidence and knowing that you can do something and you've worked hard for it and you are, and you have that confidence to be able to execute, I think a healthy ego is needed, especially in the arts and entertainment industry, because there's so much, um, for. There's so much disappointment 
and rejection that you have to know that you are not just good, but you have to know that you are strong enough to hold out until you get that yes. Um, but then, you know, things get to your head or go to your head and then you start comparing yourself to other people. I'm taller. I'm more, I'm better looking. I'm slimmer. I'm this, I'm that. And that's just the negative aspect of an ego when you start comparing. I think the biggest one for me is thinking you're better or brighter or prettier or whatever than someone else to then feed your ego. And I think that's just the wrong food. Mm -hmm. I, I had never really dug into, um, I never really dug into what the ego was, um, until, well, I never dug into what the ego was until I, after, um, one of my businesses failed. Um, but I remember when I was, um, when I had my business, um, a comment you had actually made about like, is this really what you, what you want or is this your ego? Oh, I remember that. And I got very defensive mm. <laughs> and because I hadn't really heard that term much, but the way it was said, I, it was negative. And I was like, uh, uh, no, this is what I want. And I let what I now know was my ego. So to like go back, that was years and years ago. But if I were to go back and answer that question about that time right now, it was for sure my ego. It was, there were so many people around me and I was not going to fail the fear of failure and my ego not being able to handle that and what it was going to look like and what I was going to, what I was going to look like. Um, you know, part of it was, it was what I, it was a dream I thought I really wanted. And I had been saying since I was a kid and I had told everybody you know, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. And it got to a point where it really wasn't what I wanted to do. And it was a bad situation. And my ego would not let me out of it because I was like, I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And I found I made every bad decision to protect my ego instead of protecting what I truly wanted in life and what others thought of me. And what in turn is, you know, I think there were, there were some people who knew who I truly was, um, that looked through it, but in turn, by protecting my ego, it made people not like me because it was not a, uh, high character moment because, <laughs> you know, and all you have is your character for what other people look at and um, respect you for not your ego. When mm -hmm. you can be humble and say, you know, this is not working or um, look that fear in the face and 
stop protecting your ego and your self-esteem. Um, it actually builds your self-esteem and builds your confidence that you can handle the hard times later in a stronger capacity, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do also feel like having that, like you said, a healthy ego is going to help you in going after your dreams or building that business. Or if you're in the arts and entertainment industry, you know, going into that job, because, you know, as producers, we have to look at someone and trust that they're going to be able to stand on stage and perform or, you know, or on set or, on set or whichever. Or TV or um, and if you don't have that healthy ego to have the confidence then there's not much to trust there. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I think I think everyone has an ego. I think mm-hmm. it starts as kids. Um, as a performer, uh, I call, and there's lots of kids that you know we've taught, I call them look at me kids. Mom, look at me, I'm doing this. Mom, look at me. And everybody's, I think, is, has known at least one or two of these kids. It's like, mom, look at me, look at me. And I call them, look at me, kids. And that is a healthy ego of, I want mom's attention and I want I want that praise. But it's not necessarily, I think at that stage, it's not necessarily all about them. They're wanting to let people know who they care about. Look what I can do. Um, this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um I think as we get older, we start realizing, oh, other people can do certain things, maybe have more skill or have different traits that I want or that we would want. And then it turns into a competition. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's um, fame. Maybe it's uh, not personality. Um, Attention, you know. Hey, I've got 600,000 followers on Instagram. Well, mm-hmm. then you look left and look right. Oh, they've got a million. And you look left again. Oh, they've got two million. It's that comparative part, I think, is the challenge when it comes to ego. So I think having a healthy ego is, is direly important. Um, regardless, I mean, arts and entertainment for sure, but I think in anything, lawyers, doctors, mm-hmm. um, I think with all the nurses we know, doctors have some definite ego. Or and I just go when when does the ego turn? When does that confidence turn into a negative thing? Because you want there's no there's nobody in the that I know that wants to go to a doctor that's unsure about doing your surgery. You know, I don't really know. Um, You know, nobody wants that. Um, uh, Doctor Manny, if I could say that. um, You know, all I heard was, "Oh yes, he knows what he's doing," almost to a point where. The nurses were like, well, he's got an ego that fills the room. Well, that's the kind of person you want working on your heart (laughs) to make sure that. But every, I will say, everyone that said it also said, but it's warranted. Mm -hmm. His his ego might have filled the room, but he could back it up. And if you went, once we met him, he, yes, he's a doctor. He's, you know, got a lot going on and he's very matter of fact, but he gave, I think he, his, 
his confidence gave us confidence in the ability that he was going to do what he needed to do to make sure I lived. Yeah. But I will also say he was humble enough um, because there were moments that I spent with him where you weren't there. Um, One was right after your surgery um, where he told me it was my mom and Bronte, your daughter, um, kind of how the surgery went. And he was very open. He sat with us. He told us what happened. He um, answered any questions we wanted. Um, And then there was a moment where it was just, uh, oh, I guess my mom was there. But after you coded and they brought you back too, where he sat with me and he wasn't too big or too, um, sorry, makes me emotional. his ego wasn't too big to sit with me and answer my questions and make sure I knew that you were going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that is an example of someone who does have an ego that fills the room, but not in that negative sense, mm-hmm. who's still humble, who still cares about people. Um, and it wasn't about anybody else. It was about that moment. Um, uh, Sorry. That was unexpected. Hmm. Sorry. Nothing to be sorry about. But I think that is a great example of a healthy ego. And we, and I think we've all experienced uh, those negative egos where it's just, you know, bullying and um, name calling. And, and I always felt, well, as I got older, I'll say that I always felt that type of ego, bullying, name calling, trying to make put people under, trying to make people less than, was always a result of someone's low self-esteem. I mean, if I've known people long enough and seen them go through that, at the end, it's an insecure, it's at least my experience, it's always been an insecurity themselves that they, I guess they deflect. I'm going to do this and you can't see what I'm really feeling or really doing or what I'm really, you know, what I'm really trying to hide. Um, But I mean, I think, let's say going back to the businesses, I mean, we both had businesses that have failed. I know one of mine failed because of my ego. I was more out to prove it really, I mean, for me, it was about proving to everyone else that I could do that certain activity and things. It wasn't about this is what I really want and this is what I really care about. If I'm able to accomplish this, then these people will see me as a quote unquote success. Right. And that was, and, and quite honestly, I mean, now that I look back, I'm glad that business failed miserably because if it had been successful, I think I'd be miserable because <laughs> yeah. not what I really wanted. It Same. Was, it was just the the accolades that I was looking for. Well, you know, for me, I, you know, my whole kind of what I post on social media where, and kind of where this podcast came from, we came, you know, other than we really enjoy Disney and, you know, I came to realize like people talked about life's not a fairy tale or um, 
all of this stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, why are people not talking about the fight that went through it? Right. And so what I learned is through protecting my ego and having to fail and learning that it was my ego and all of this, this is that fight to get to that fairy tale life that um, I had to work through. And so kind of like what you just said, I'm really glad it happened because I don't think I would have been able to do the work on myself if it just worked, mm-hmm. right? If my ego hadn't gotten in the way, um, and but was where it was and me not even realizing it. Um, people go through life not even recognizing that type of stuff. And um, it allowed me to do the work. So now I can even have a podcast with you and I can talk about it and tell my story. Um, so but it took things like this from, it took you calling me out for that to be the first understanding of kind of that like gut punch of, oh, this isn't what I want. This is what my ego wants. It wants to protect me. It wants me to look good. Um, And, you know, I, you were talking about this, our students and, you know, you, we talk about confidence versus cockiness. Um, but I see it all the time. There's these talented kids, but they're, it's that insecurity of, I need to be so good. And they end up being such brats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to say something else, but they're children. So I'm going to leave it at brats um, to these other kids who, you know, and it, I get, cause I've been there when you don't work on yourself and you don't realize there is space for everyone. Mm. You know, there's how many dancers in this world? There's how many people acting on TV? How many people run a business? Especially now you can, anybody can have their own business and there's space for everyone to do it. And um, maybe there's, you know, a little competition, but once you start comparing that is when I think the negative and ego starts to traits traits come in. I, I still, I'll be honest. I still have moments of my ego and the, where I'm at now is I can recognize them. I talk through them with you. Um, I journal about them sometimes because there are moments where I'm like, Oh, I could do that better. Or I know how to do it. But then when I really either talk it out or journal it, I'm like, maybe I could, but I don't want to. Mm -hmm. But my ego is like, but I want to show them I can. And the thing is, Mm -hmm. I I know, and this is where healthy ego is. This is that self-esteem. I can know I can do it better, but I don't have to. I don't have to prove it, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and because deep, deep down what I can do better is not what I want for my life. Mm. Um, you know, one of those things is, you know, I'm in the dance world and, you know, we'll go to competitions or I'll hear about other studios or, um, I, I don't currently work on my own studio, but, um, I'll see things and I'm like, 
well, that's not how they should be doing that. And it makes me want to like do it. <laughs> and I, we actually were having the conversation the other day with our office manager. I was like, we were like, the three of us could like run a stamp studio, like, and it'd be so successful. And you two were like, yeah, but I want to do that. And I said, I mean, I kind of want to, mm. but I don't want to. And that's my ego. The want to, that first want to is I want that success because I know it would be good, but I also know what's on the other side of owning a studio. And I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that more than I want. Owned, I mean, between the two of us, there's been what, at least between managing and owning studios, what, 12? I, yeah, I mean, so um, been there, done that. So, yeah. so, but like you just, we hear so many stories um, because we work with so many people from so many different studios about how these studios are that my ego is like, yeah, the three of us should open one and run it. And how successful would that be? But I don't want that life. <laughs> I don't want that life. And I don't want that life more than I, but I don't know that. 10 years ago Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would have had the self awareness to know I think my ego would have been louder and I probably would have pushed Mm. Um, but now I know like no thank you I think I think all this kind of goes into relationships as well Mm -hmm. it's and I think kind of getting back to the fighting for your fairy tale, that ego of, you know, there, there's a, what's that analogy in, in every relationship, there's a, there's a planter and a grower or something. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong, but there's, you know, someone who uh, does the planting and the other person who basically waters, you know, something, that kind of thing. And I kind of go, I don't know how much I believe that because I, at least in my experience and our experience, we're a little bit of both. You got to take care of each other. And, you know, I've heard uh, we're 50, 50 and I go, no, it's kind of, in my opinion, it's hundred, 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 hundred. You got to be in it, not halfway. Got to be in it a hundred percent. And sometimes that ego can, no, a lot of times the ego has gotten in the way. I mean, uh, if you're having a, a disagreement or turned into an argument or turned into a yelling match, what escalated that? Is it the lack of your communication skills? Was it lack of your active listening skills? Was it not wanting to be wrong? Mm. Um, was it proving that you're right? <laughs> You know, all of that. I have done these... this last two very many times. <laughs> and, you know, and those are definitely, in my experience, have been ego driven. And that is what causes those wedges in the relationship. I mean, previous relationships, that was, it was more important for the person I was in, well, and for my opinion. It was more important to be right mm-hmm. than um, to move on, and then it was a constant reminder. Oh, well, you know that time where you were wrong, when the, you know it was just it was that type of thing, and that didn't really help. It just you know, put wedges in, and so I think in your relationships, with the, regardless business, personal, family, 
what is the most important to you? Is it more important to be right? Or is it more important to have that relationship? And you'd be surprised what people prioritize. Yeah, for sure. And I think knowing, I think being able to, there's one thing to admit you're wrong. And there's a second thing to know that you're wrong and, and make amends. Um, uh, just had a situation at work with a vendor and one of his team members was accused of doing something pretty not, you know, not murder or anything like that, but it was, but it was accused of doing some inact, some wrong, some wrongdoings. Mm -hmm. And first thing I did was, you know, I got the information understood. Then basically I called him up and said, Hey, what's going on? Can I get your perspective? And once I got his perspective, I was like, okay, this is blown out of proportion. What, what he's being accused of, what they're being accused of is not, it does not make sense. But I feel that for a second there, his ego got in the way and he was very defensive and fine, we'll just quit. We'll take this off. And I said, no, let's, let's, let's talk about it. And not that, but the cool thing is, again, he's a mature person. He, you know, he realized that it's not about that ego part. I mean, we didn't talk about ego. We talked about the situation, but I noticed that it was a situation where he didn't, you know, he didn't want his company to be looked at in that light. I don't yeah. blame him. Um, and then when the communication um, came to light, he was able to express himself in a way to go, you know, I know it's not about me, but I don't want to be looked at in that light. It's not our MO, is what he said. And I go, I completely get it. I completely get it. But him, him attacking his attackers wasn't going to solve the problem. Correct. And and the cool thing is he realized it. And, you know, I guess they said what we say, put the ego in check. Mm-hmm the ego in check and we're able to get through it and so i think in all things business personal i think the most important is that personal relationship with your family the ones closest to you um check your ego and i mean that in the verb and both ways i mean check your ego to is this about me being right or not being wrong or how it looks or is this me or is this about me being confident about something without putting other people down. You know, my, my grandpa-ism for this episode is, mm-hmm. um, you know, take care of number one and try not to step on number two. Yeah, he said that's that. My grandpa, yeah, that's my grandpa. Yeah, my grandpa said. And then, you know, the people in, I think this is just a general one. I don't know if grandpa said it, but, you know, the people you pass on the on that ladder on the way up are the same people you're going to pass on the way down. Yeah. So just, you know, Be careful. Well, I was listening to, um, uh, I think it was like a YouTube video um, with Jay Shetty. I don't know if you've heard of him. He is, uh, he's now does podcast and is a speaker and stuff, but he went to go be a monk and he was there for three years. And um, they basically said, they kind of was like, this is not, go teach what you've learned but this is not for you. Mm. Um, and he's basically doing that. And um, he, but he was talking about how 
people aren't self-made. You have had to learn something. And if you truly were self-made, then you have to own that. Uh, he said it more eloquently. I mean, he has a bit more experience. Mm-hmm. He was a monk, but um, he was talking about like, if you truly were self-made, then you have to, then you are self, you are self-failure too. Because if you truly teach yourself, if you were didn't learn from other people and you, then you have to own that. And um, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of knowing that you are a little bit of everybody. And so humble yourself and have the character. I think your character and your ego go hand in hand. If you think about your ego and you think about situations and like Tony was saying, is it what people are thinking? Is it what, what is the situation? Mm-hmm. Like, and check your ego, but also check your character is because sometimes your ego and your character are going to fight who you truly want to be. That's your character. Does it match with what your ego is doing and what your ego is saying? And if it does great, then you're like right there. And I, I, struggle with that. and I think because we actually had a situation we were talking the other day about having um, a work thing and um, we're very fortunate that um, your sister is kind of our accountability in the workplace. And mm-hmm. um, we are our accountability, account, our accountability officer. officer. Yes. Um, but we had a situation and she said, no, you can't do that. And um, somebody questioned it. And I was like, well, she's holding us accountable to how we want to run our business, how we said we want mm-hmm. to run our business, not the emotional of how we're going to do it. And that is having that basically buddy system for the business of holding our character of what we want our business to look like Mm -hmm. now, you know, and I Mm -hmm. think it's really important to have that. I think all those years ago, when you asked me that question, you know, in the moment, it felt kind of like an attack, Mm -hmm. but looking back on it, I think you were trying to be that person for me. You were trying to hold me accountable to going, look, this isn't who you are. What's going on? Um, so maybe just step back and think about that a little bit. Yeah, I think it's I think stepping back, I mean, one of the things that I continually struggle with is I I often care too much what people think mm-hmm. and or how they view us or my company or our company and what we do um i think it just kind of just goes with just life experience from always i always say always too dark for some and too light for others mm-hmm. um just just with um want to make it a race thing but any by any means but but just inferences people infer and assume based on what i look like what i talk like that this is the situation and it's always trying to prove to them that your assumptions are not true mm-hmm. um that's been a struggle and it's still a struggle to this day yet i had to learn um that what people think 
should not affect what my character brings to the table. Um, my actions speak should speak louder than words. And that is usually the the catalyst of creating relationships for me is when my ego gets in the way, I find myself doing things I would never normally do. Yeah. And that's kind of my checkpoint. And you've checked me too, which I really appreciate because um, I'm cur- currently in a situation with one of our projects that my standards and the way that I want to run a project with integrity and with um, open communication is not necessarily the way the lead, the head, the client wants to run it. And there's been a big disconnect in this is how I've always treated people. This is how I, this is how I communicate with them. This is what I believe in and the core values, I guess, our core values. And the client does not share the core value. They say they do, but their actions say something completely different, which has been a difficult challenge with this specific project. And so sticking sticking to sticking to what we believe are is the character of our business and how we're going to treat people like Nicole is keeping us accountable and things of those natures has been difficult when the temptation is just to well do it their way and make them happy. And but that would just be kind of a sellout. And that would be an ego thing, just trying to please people. And it's been it's been challenging, but rewarding because people who I most respect in the project are seeing that I'm standing up or we are standing up to, you know, an outside opinion that we don't necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We still have to push through and get everything done. And so I think at the end of the day, that is when you have to, at least that's when I have to continue to look in the mirror and go, what is this all about? Who are you? What do you, what do you stand for? And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Yep. And, um, and one of the things that I am really learning on this project is you have to inspect what you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, you know, expecting people to do this, that, and this, and whichever you need to follow up to make sure that the communication you thought you said or thought they received was actually received. And with that comes the ego of, well, didn't you understand what I, don't you say, I mean, you know, why didn't you do what I said? It's not about that. It's what they heard and what the character they're bringing to that. And then not letting that affect your ego. Mm-hmm. And that's been, that's been my challenge lately. Um, and as we talk about this, it's it's a little humbling because it has been very, it's been much more difficult than anticipated. Yeah. I think that, you know, everybody has different reactions. You've got that reaction that you're dealing with. I tend to, if once things go wrong, I'm going to protect my ego by sticking my head in the sand and I am not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm going to deal with it alone and I will isolate myself And what I have realized is actually like catching it sooner than later and asking for help before it becomes an explosion Mm -hmm. (laughs) of not good stuff 
is actually people are going to respect you more and trust you more. And again, it, that those things feed the good part of your ego. So it's just, you know, last week we talked about money and, you know, Tony would always say we need six months of bills in the bank. Well, I didn't know what that meant, but I felt dumb. And so my ego didn't ask the questions and I was like, okay. And then I was lost, you know, but where if I had, when you said that, if I had just asked more questions, I don't think you would have thought anything badly of me and, you know, who knows where we'd be. Because no, but we, I had to learn that from, you know, my mentor, my my parents and um, a millionaire that mentored me for a little while. And, you know, it's like, you want to be a millionaire, a millionaire like me? Yeah. Well, this is what you do. And he basically gave me a list of seven things. That's what you do. You'd be a millionaire. I was like, okay. And I remember having that conversation because I had literally just gone through my first my, I've only been through one I think um, bankruptcy mm-hmm. and back and it was back in the okay radio back in the 90s <laughs> whoa but it was back in the 90s and it wasn't as I mean the the consequences back then were not as serious as they are now but they were still serious for me and one of my really good friends was dating this millionaire and he's like well I've been through two of them so don't worry about it. And I was like, really? And that was my first insight into this multimillionaire who has all this quote unquote money. And I was very, uh, I was, I was young. I was like mid twenties. Um, he's like, oh yeah, I've been through it twice, but you bounce back. And that just gave me confidence to see this guy as successful as he was financially anyway. And had been through not just once, but twice and was teaching me what to do to one, not do it again. <laughs> and then two, how to do that. And that was one of the things he said, you know, make sure kind of minimum six months, if you can do nine before you invest anything, before you, you know, that that's what you have. You have to invest in yourself first, basically. He said, right. pay yourself first, you know, that, that type of thing. That's a really like, and maybe we can kind of close out on this, but it, you know, obviously it helped you. Um, when you were telling that story, it triggered some stories in me. Um, instead of showing your ego, the, just the people who have made it and just the success of it all, show the people, show your ego, the people who have failed and are still making it that way you can still build that confidence that you can do it, but your ego is not so bruised when it gets hard or something doesn't work. and. You know, because I think that's what your ego is just your fear. Mm. Um, the bad part of your ego, I should say. I think it's based on fear. It's, Absolutely. It's based on your fear. And I know mine was, and you know, yours was in that bankruptcy mm. was just, it's that fear of you want something so badly and you believe it, but you don't want somebody to take it away from you. Or, you know, you don't want people to look bad on you because you know, this, that, and the other. So show yourself, show your ego that, you know, tough conversations can be had and you're still going to be okay. And you're still going to be successful. Um, 
I really think, and then that just builds amazing character and then you have healthy ego and that you're just going to be a good, you're going to be in a good solid place. Yeah. I mean, one of the things you just said made me think about it. Um, If your language starts off as I want them to dot, 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 90% of the time, that's your ego talking. Mm -hmm. I want them to like me. I want them to respect me. I want them to, that type of thinking is usually brought on through the ego. So if that, that question is coming through or that's in your mind, at least for me, when that kind of converse, that when that kind of communication is happening in your mind, I want them to like me. I want them to respect me. I want them to. That's usually, from my experience, that's usually ego talking. Um, because if you just, if you just, your character stick to your actions that bring that. I'm going. I am going to be a person of my word. I am going to be. Um, I'm going to uphold certain morals. I'm going to treat people with respect. That is that internal confidence of what you are going to do, regardless of what they think. There was a great line. Um, um, I love the television show Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And in season five, I don't want to ruin anything, but I'm going to say something. Um Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, season five. I'm just going to say a line. I'm not going to say what happened, but it was great. Um, I don't want to say too much, but... <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Spoiler alert. Okay, spoiler alert. Okay. Um, Dutton, the main character, um, just won the governorship. And his um, his opponent was calling for the concession speech. And he said, I hope you... When you're making those decisions, you remember my people as well when you're making those decisions. And he says, I hope you fight. It was about something to the point where I hope you fight for what my people want too. And Dutton's response, which is I thought was great writing by Sheridan, who's the one who writes the show, he said, I for I fight for what's right, and I don't care who um, disagrees with that. So it's kind of like the he had enough confidence to go, I fight where what I feel is right. And I don't care if you like it or not, but I, if I know it's right and I think it's right, I'm going to do it. And I don't care if people don't like it or not, I'm going to do what I need to do. And that hit me to a point where do what you feel is right. And what you have that gut feeling or whatever that, moral compass is pointing you and stick to it and you know don't care or try not to care Mm -hmm. about what other people think because at the end of the day you've got to live with you yep and that was a for me that was a really great line um because i unfortunately do care sometimes a little too much of what people think um but you know it's one step in the right direction yeah um this was, I think this was a good one. We haven't really talked too much about ego. I don't even know if you knew how much that comment has stuck with me from years ago. Uh, it's over 10 years ago, I think you said that to me. Um, 
But I want I want to leave you with think about who you are when you're alone. When you're completely alone, no one can see you, no one can hear you. You are truly alone. That is who you are. And think about your thoughts and think about what you want and who, you know, what it is when no one's watching. Because that's probably your true self. And your ego is just trying to impress everyone else. So think about that moment when you're by yourself and um, what impress yourself, not yeah. anyone else. Who do you want to be? And you, um, you know, at your funeral, what do you want people to say about you? You know, and how you treat people. And I will tell you right now, your ego doesn't treat people very kindly. Mm-hmm. So, um, not often. Yeah. With that, I really have enjoyed this. I we are in I don't like the word busy. We all know that. Go listen to that episode. <laughs> but we are in our busy season where you and I don't get to spend a lot of time together. No, we don't. And I miss you. But it's nice to have this time every week to just have a conversation. I feel like as much as I know about you, getting into these conversations, I get to know you even better. And so I like that. And um, I hope everybody else does too. So um, thanks for saying that. I feel the same. Yeah. Um, this episode kind of caught me off guard. I did not mean to get teary and cry. Um, but it's raw and real here. Um, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I know, but it's, um, it was unexpected. So, uh, but we hope that you have been enjoying everything. Please follow us on social. Um, I know you got to post up some stuff that you've got going on with Mm -hmm. some of your projects. I'm posting some of my projects and then we're heading into the holidays and I'm sure I know on my social, probably our good old accountability officer mm-hmm. is going to be on there because we'll see her for Christmas. And so, um, anyway, hope you guys, uh, are enjoying and please rate, subscribe, review, and do all the things. All the things. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks.